before we start the show, I want to say thank you, patriots, conservative patriot nation. We thank all of you patriots that listen to us, that join our podcast shows. And if you don't know where that's at, if you join our telegram group, Conservative Patriot Nation Network. You can join the live chat when we do the interviews, and you can also indulge in Q&A. I'm just going to give a quick message on teams that we have teamed up with, and the podcast will play shortly. Z-Stack, zstack.com, Dr. Zelenko has made one of the best powerful all-in-one pill Z-Stack, that is an immune booster that'll fight against any bioweapon. And he also created Detox, which will help the vaccinated individuals boost their immune system and take some of that stuff out of them. And if you use promo code CPN, you'll get 5% off. And then we teamed up with MyPillow.com, Mike Lindell, a very great American patriot that is fighting for the freedoms of Americans and the world because where America goes, the world goes. So if you can go to mypillow.com and support Mike Lindell while he fights the fight and he's putting a lot of his own hard earned money into the fight, and you can use promo code CPNN and get 66% off of your purchase. And that's CPNN for my pillow, and it's CPN for Z Stack. And enjoy the show. God bless you all. God bless America. God bless Dr. Zelenko, and God bless Mike Lindell. Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we have a very, very special guest. Dr. Artis is joining us tonight. I know we've all seen Watch the Waters, and, you know, we have people that have so many different opinions, and all I can say is I'd rather bring the source here so we can ask for ourselves. That's why we'll have Q&A. Um, and I can tell you one thing. When I see a stature of Dr. Zelenko and Dr. Artis, and, and we heard how, you know, Big Pharma, they're not uh, too much fans of those two guys. Um, I tend to want to listen because information is very important in the time that we live in right now. And Dr. Artis, I would like to welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation Network. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I felt it in my heart and, and from God to reach out and just bring you on with the people um, because information, it's important. I mean, we're not, we're in an information war and the more information ammunition that we can stock up on is going to get us through this battle. Amen to that. I agree 100%. So Dr. Artis, you know, we see Dr. Artis and videos and, you know, the watch the water has really, really blown up. But I'd like to for you, if you can give the audience to, a little background on you so they can know who Dr. Artis is. And if you can go into how you figured everything out and what your research. Yeah, uh, thanks for the opportunity. So, yeah, let me give you a little intro. Uh, I'm Dr. Brian Artis. I actually live in Dallas, Texas. I uh, have been in practice since 2004, sold my second practice in 2018 here in Dallas, Texas. I am a retired chiropractor, acupuncturist, and nutritionist. 
and spent 16 years helping people from 17 different countries or 16 different countries. We had 17,000 patients. And my job and my love and passion was helping uncover the root causes for illnesses and diseases and symptoms. So I specialized in identifying underlying causes of disease and symptoms like food allergies, infections, toxic chemicals, heavy metals, scar tissue, emotional trauma, uh, misalignments of the spine, mineral and vitamin deficiencies. And once we identified what those things were, we eliminated them, that they were toxic or infectious to the body. We taught people how to do that. Then we actually use nutrition and diet and coaching through nutrition and diet, how to actually rebuild the body. So that's what I spent the last, since 2004 to 2018 doing in two different practices I had in Tennessee and Texas. Uh, so that's what I did for a living and for a career. And then I sold my practice in 2018, then launched a couple of supplement companies online where I was formulating products to address the underlying cause of symptoms for specific conditions that affect millions. Uh, and I just thought that would be a great way to spend uh, time researching and then formulating products. Uh, the company I created was Artist Labs, A-R-D-I-S Labs. And I launched, the first thing I did was with my four teenagers I had at the time, they all had varied amounts of acne. So I launched an artist acne system after formulating a supplement that addressed the underlying causes of acne. It's The supplement's called Artist Labs Clear Skin Complex. And then I made all natural versions of a cleanser and, and skin cream to treat and help clear up acne and heal scarring, all that kind of stuff. So I launched that uh, in January of 2020. In February of 2020, my father-in-law walked into a hospital and was murdered over a nine-day period with ill-advised drug protocols for a flu diagnosis. That was two weeks before COVID came to Texas. In my grief and anger and frustration uh, of wanting to take all my personal anger and frustration out with the hospital, the administrators, the medical doctors, their families, the nurse practitioners, I wanted them to feel what I felt. Uh, three months later is when Anthony Fauci declared his uh, memo to the world on how American medical doctors were going to treat all COVID-19 patients. And on May 1st, 2020, he put on his NIH.gov website a memo that said you're only allowed to use one antiviral drug to treat COVID-19 patients who were Americans. And only in America were they going to use this drug for the first year of the pandemic. And it's called remdesivir. So up until recently, for the last two, two plus years, I have been nonstop advocating to stay away from hospitals. They have set up uh, with COVID-19 protocols, a horrific set of drugs, not only remdesivir, then in combination with sedation drugs to put you on a vent. Uh, they have got a cocktail of drugs. They know they can kill anybody they want to in nine to 10 days, which is the treatment period for COVID. And then uh, I've been at the forefront of helping keep people away from hospitals, trusting early treatment, regardless if it was nutritional or medications or over-the-counter products. Uh, my goal was just to save your life. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. I've actually been all over the world digitally, and then I've been physically all over the United States. I've been in uh, seven or eight different state capitol buildings with Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Carla Dean Graves, and I testified before senators, state reps all over the country in their capitol buildings to uh, drop the mandates and to stop the masking of children, the vaccinating of children and adults, and then how to get a handle on the pharmacy boards for the state and the medical boards who are punishing medical doctors for prescribing drugs that are safe and effective for COVID, but are being told by our federal health agencies they cannot use. And then they're telling the boards for each state to take away those medical doctor's licenses. 
in the example, for example, Dr. Simone Gold, who was using hydroxychloroquine, which was working for COVID-19 patients, they stripped her of her job. They fired her from the hospital she worked at in the ER. So that's an example because she was using hydroxychloroquine and refused to use remdesivir, which wasn't working. So I've been known worldwide as the remdesivir guy. I've been all over the place, asked to testify. I'm signed on as expert witnesses against people all over the world for COVID medical malpractice in the way they've handled this pandemic. Uh, yeah, so I've been very busy for the last four or last two and a half years. But uh, something changed December 1st. Uh, I didn't really want this. I didn't, I didn't really want to uh, go looking at anything different. I really was, uh, I got a text. So this is what happened. Dr. Richard Bartlett, who's a medical doctor in West Texas, sent me a text on December 1st of 2021, just five months ago. That text changed everything in my perspective and my view and understanding of what COVID-19 is. And I have unleashed my narrative and my discovery and my worry on the entire world through a bunch of interviews. The first one that launched uh, was uh, one called Watch the Water with Stu Peters. Immediately following that documentary that released like four weeks ago, the very next hour I released with Ann Vandersteel and Steel Truth with Scott McKay and his Patriot Street Fighter, and then with Mike Adams, all at the same hour, I released a three-chapter discovery with Mike Adams that posted one hour each day for three days in a row. It was chapter one, two, and three of my discoveries of what happened as a result of a text that happened on December 1st. Dr. Richard Bartlett, who's an ER doctor, sent me a text. He's basically known as the budesonide guy. He's the guy that figured out and was inspired by God, he believes, in an ER treating COVID-19 patients early in the pandemic to use nebulized budesonide, which is a corticosteroid inhaler. And Oxford has since backed up his claims to support that budesonide nebulized actually helped save 90% of lives that uh, are affected by COVID. So what he discovered, he had horrible articles written about him in the media. People were hating on him. The medical boards were hating on him. Uh, for coming up with this budesonide concept, only to have that backed up and proven by Oxford twice since then. This guy sent me a text December 1st and said, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get anti-venom? And that text uh, changed everything for me. And the reason why he sent it to me was I did a uh, an interview with a host named Kate Daly on InfoWars the last week of November. And she asked me to come on and talk about monoclonal antibodies. And I did not give a very kind review of my research studies I had on monoclonal antibodies. I actually had problems of long-term concerns using monoclonal antibodies and was just suggesting in the interview, I would prefer using budesonide, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C, D, NAC that we've seen working everywhere around the country. That's really how the interview went. But Dr. Richard Bartlett was sent links to my interview because he actually had a monoclonal antibody infusion center in West Texas that he'd been running for months at this point and had 100% success in treating early treatment COVID-19 patients with monoclonal antibodies. The reason why he sent me the text was he knew that I, he knew me as a researcher and loving to learn everything about everything. He knew that if he sent me that text, it was all he was going to have to do to get me to go look to find out what the riddle was. Cause I, he knew, I knew he knew that I didn't know what anti-venom was. And so I just went online and wanted to know what's anti-venom. Why are you sending me this text, Dr. Bartlett? Only to discover that most anti-venom 
for snake bites in ER centers is actually monoclonal antibodies. And that's all it took. He just had to let me know you would too, Dr. Artis, in a situation where you felt your life was threatened by a venomous snake bite, you would actually trust monoclonal antibodies in a life-threatening situation. And that's really all I needed. Uh, All it did was change my perspective that, okay, yes, I would put some faith in monoclonal antibodies at some point if my life was threatened with a rattlesnake bite. Uh, That was all it took for me to admit, okay, I don't know everything about monoclonal antibodies. But my very next thought was this. Wait a minute. Why why would monoclonal antibodies, if that's antivenom, which works against uh, rattlesnake bites, why is it working 100% of the time almost monoclonal antibodies for coronavirus? Uh, I thought it was a virus from bats. <laughs> like that's really all it was. Like, wait a minute, why is it working for a bat virus if it's actually used successfully as an antivenom to venom? So Richard Bartlett did not intend this to happen when he sent me that text. He said only God knew that was that was going to happen, and he was going to use me as an instrument to help bring this information to the masses. And yes, he totally is in agreement with me about the venom side of COVID nineteen. He's not in agreement that I, as I am, that it's in the water. He believes it's a respiratory virus. Other medical doctors believe it's a contact pathogen. It doesn't really matter where you think it's coming from. The message is you need to look at venom because they have weaponized venom as a part of either the gain of function virus that's respiratory, or they're simply putting the peptides in water and you're drinking it, which is absolutely possible uh, and could be absolutely what they're doing. And that's what uh, I was coming to understand. So I don't know what kind of questions you have. If you haven't seen the three chapters with Mike Adams, it explains one document after another, 120 different pages of documents where I go over my discovery that COVID-19 has a venom aspect that no one's talking about from snakes, that remdesivir, the drug they're using in in hospital protocols, which I know the most worldwide about remdesivir than anybody else, most likely, besides the manufacturer. Remdesivir, as I was studying uh, King Cobra venom, uh, amidst these four and a half months of discovery. Uh, it was really disturbing me that uh, it reads almost identical to the side effects of remdesivir. And there is a direct connection to Gilead who makes remdesivir and snake venom drug companies like Genentech who make drugs from snake venom. So yes, there could be a correlation between these companies that they actually are using cobra venom or cobra toxin and calling it a drug called remdesivir. And I would not be surprised if they're doing that. The third chapter is about my discovery about the fact that the mRNA vaccines most likely are using snake venom phosphodiesterase to do the gene editing therapy. And that's not a that's not even a random controversial idea. The two people that are credited with making the mRNA vaccines for Pfizer and Moderna, their names are Drew Weisman and Catalina Carrico. I have research studies from 2009, 2011, 2012, and till now. They have been funded by NIH's website, uh, or NIH's uh, department of the NIAID, which is Anthony Fauci's department. In 2009, I have their research studies that disclosed Anthony Fauci's been paying them to do mRNA gene editing therapy and in the actual trials to get the mRNA of choice into someone else's DNA or some animal's DNA inside the cell. They use snake venom to do it. Uh, And it just became very apparent that a lot of the side effects of the mRNA vaccines could possibly be attributed to venom, even in the shots. So I brought all of this to light when I went and visited with Stu Peters about my concern for security. And I will speak to this uh, 
You have to understand before I unloaded this information, Dr. Zev Zelenko reached out to me privately and then went on Stu Peters to do a whole show on it, that his security detail, and remember this guy's friends with Mayor Giuliani and helped get information to Trump to help with COVID-19. This guy has high level security and intel and these individuals let his security team know that there's an assassination list out by Pfizer and that Zev Zelenko was number two on that list. Uh, Zev Zelenko called me to tell me that he was shocked to find out that I was number one on that list and I had to be silenced in the next two months. And he asked me, what are you, what are you working on that they're so threatened by? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm about to release a whole bunch of stuff in relationship to COVID and the vaccines. And this absolutely would be a threat to Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and the rest of them. Uh, so I never did tell him before we released this, even though he asked me every day, what is it? What is it? And I said, well, obviously, if I'm a target, you probably shouldn't know what it is. But uh, I just want you to know, if you have faith in Zev Zelenko, uh, if you do, or if you think he's some kind of nut all of a sudden, and you're not going to trust him. This guy was relating information to me, and I had Thomas Renz, my attorney, reach out to his security detail to go through the intel, and I needed to make sure it was legit. Thomas Renz spent an hour with him and called me back and said, uh, the actual intel is absolutely accurate, and you need to take precautions. So I just want everyone to understand here. What came out the next week was my first interview with Stu Peters and then with Mike Adams and Ann Vanderstill and uh, Patriot Street Fighter and everybody else. Uh, I've done 200 plus interviews over this stuff in the last three weeks. This is the information I was working on by myself. And I knew that I was going to become a target because there were people I was learning about in this research who were also researching the origins of COVID. And when they were close, they got murdered. And so I was, I wasn't, uh, ignorant of the fact that this could be really be threatening on my life. So when I went to go visit with Stu Peters, it was to ask him about his bounty hunting background. That's the only reason why I went to visit him. It wasn't to tell him about what I was learning. I just know he was a 15 year bounty hunter. So I asked him, uh, what kind of security do I need? I flew up to Minnesota to visit with him privately at a private location. And his curiosity was, of course, why do you think you're a target? And when I told him it was venom, that they're weaponizing venom and calling it COVID-19, he goes, uh, well, how would they do that? And I said, I think they're weaponizing venom peptides from snakes. And I think they're putting it in our water and they're targeting us through water systems, like into your cities and your tap water. And it was very disturbing to Stu. From Stu's perspective and what people watched was Stu Peters watched the water documentary, which I had nothing to do with creating other than my uh, interview. It was a five-hour interview. He was so impressed with all the documentation I brought two weeks later that he brought in a film crew to turn it into a 50 minute documentary. But all the documents I went through with Mike Adams before they got released. And so uh, we, I think it'd be helpful if you do Q and A's here and just answer questions, but uh, it's been pretty phenomenal to watch the reaction. Uh, immediately there's going to be a knee jerk reaction by a lot of people, but that isn't the case anymore. It's been four weeks now. People have heard enough. They've seen enough. They've researched on their own enough that most of the medical community and scientists abroad are convinced that there is a venom aspect to COVID-19 like I brought up and are taking precautions to make sure they know how to treat all future variants, how to look at the vaccine injuries in a different way, uh, that this actually is envenomation, E-N-V-N-O-M-A-T-I-O-N, uh, envenomation of the whole world. And so, and they're doing it through vaccines. Remember, the real danger is the vaccines. And so I don't want to spend too much time. We can, but I don't want to get too caught up in the water delivery system. However, I do want the world to know, and whoever's watching this, 
that on Friday, I'm going to be at the Reawaken Tour, which I've spoken at many times with uh, Clay Clark's group and General Mike Flynn and those guys. In that, in that speech, I'll be on stage, and then I'm going to release a two-and-a-half-minute trailer for a new documentary coming out next week. And it's actually titled Co-Venom 19. It is so clear to me that the venom aspect uh, needs to be addressed and looked at, and there's enough evidence behind it that we need to keep our focus on that. Uh, and so there's a documentary coming out and I'm actually going to show classified and de disclosed classified documents from the CIA back in the seventies, even where they actually use the same venoms from snakes and marine snails called conotoxins. The CIA actually had projects in the seventies where they actually put those venoms in water and actually put it into buildings and as people would drink from their tap or from water fountains, they would make them sick. And then they'd go in and treat them. And then they actually knew what to put in the water to denature and destroy the venom so that it was undetectable in less than two hours. They just had to add a chemical to it to destroy all the venom. And it would absolutely answer the plausibility 50 years later that they have figured out how to weaponize these water treatment facilities to actually target us. It is a real possibility. And they were doing it since the 70s. So. This is exactly the same venomous compounds being found in COVID-19 patients verified in peer-reviewed and published journals in Italy. In June of 2020, they found in the urine, blood, and feces of COVID-19 patients, they found 20 different snake venoms in their body and in their tissues. And they found 16 different marine shellfish venoms, including the crown of thorns starfish deadly venom, inside the COVID-19 patients on land in 20 different cities in Italy. And they found 15 conotoxins from marine snails and their venom in those snails is actually more lethal than King Cobra venom to mammals, not just fish. And they've been mass producing conotoxin in factories since 1989. And it's a part of the biologic biological weapons uh, factories and gain of function testing labs around the world. So this is stuff they've had for decades. This isn't new. It just happened to be something that a text from Dr. Richard Bartlett, December 1st, sent me on this wild uh, rabbit hole to investigate. Is there a plausible reason why monoclonal antibodies are working against COVID-19? If those are anti-venom primarily, and they're addressing venomous snake bites, is it also true then that the possible orange source origin sources for SARS-CoV-2 were actually ever referenced as coming from snakes. And the truth is, January of 2020, April of 2020, independently researchers determined that the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2 was most identical to two snakes' venoms, the Chinese crate venom and the Chinese king cobra venom. Uh, and then they go further to say these venoms target specific uh, receptors in the brain stem or central nervous system of a person, and it suppresses their ability to breathe by paralyzing their diaphragm to be able to draw in air. And that's where it all started. And then, uh, and they actually hypothesized then, the documents are there with Mike Adams and his group, but uh, they hypothesized then that these venoms target what are called as neurotoxins. They target the central nervous system and they target specifically what are called nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And when the venom hits those, it actually stops the, the diaphragm from being able to contract and all other smooth muscles so the creature can't get away. They're real tired. They can't draw on air. And then the snake can catch up to them as they pass out and can't breathe. 
uh, creates hypoxia or low oxygen levels like you see with a pulse oximeter from COVID-19. Uh, and what the researchers in April 2020 said, uh, they actually said, uh, the fact that smokers aren't showing up in hospital sick with COVID, it's actually 2% of all COVID-19 hospitalized patients are smokers. Maybe this explains nicotine protects against these nicotinic acetylcholine receptors targeting venoms called the spike protein. So they asked governments around the world in April of 2020 to start investigating nicotine's protection against uh, COVID-19. But our government didn't do that. In fact, our government the very next week Anthony Fauci, Walensky of the CDC, went into the media to start lying to everybody around the world, saying smokers are the most hospitalized and dying from COVID-19, which was never true. Uh, They flat out lied and said there's no better time than now to quit smoking. I am not advocating for smoking, but they did recognize there's a protective benefit of nicotine, and it still exists, and it will be beneficial to all those who experience any other variants of COVID-19. So that's where it started. Then I want to know if they lied about nicotine. Then I wanted to know, what about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Are there any benefits of those two? And do they inhibit snake venom? Do they bind to nicotinic acetylcholine receptors? Holy crap. In the research study in April 2020, the researchers said at that point, we're seeing all these reports from around the world that ivermectin is blocking SARS-CoV-2. And then they said, that's amazing because ivermectin binds to nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And so this might explain why nicotine's being effective, why ivermectin is effective. And uh, it is all very true. Now, stay right there for just a minute. I need to press pause. I got to go let somebody in my front door. It's my two kids. Hold on. Hold on. Nope. Sorry, I didn't know if my two older kids were locked out or not. Anyway, so that's where it all started, only to find out that each of the things the government has tried to restrict, everything doctors are being punished for, for prescribing, which we're talking about corticosteroids, budesonide, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, NAC, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, zinc. Doctors are being punished all around the country for prescribing those products. Every single one of them, not only is beneficial against COVID-19, but they all have inhibitory effects and improve survivability from snake bites and snake venom. And there's research studies for all of them. And so that's what I go through with Mike Adams is uh, the lies surrounding COVID in the relationship to venoms. So, yeah, so that's uh, basically what I've done. Uh, You're going to see new stuff coming out, which is going to be wild in the next week or so. But uh, it's not over, and they're not giving up the COVID-19 playbook. Uh, The reason why I pushed the issue to bring this out right now is you feel like there's a lull in COVID? Oh, no, they're planning. Right now, the CDC announced on March 2nd uh, of this year, just two months ago, the CDC announced that because there's a new COVID playbook with new variants they're expecting to come out per the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, he has a new COVID-19 playbook, they said the CDC is prepared and is preparing by increasing their wastewater surveillance sites around the country from 400, which they've had in 37 cities for the last two years, two plus years during the pandemic. And they use these water testing sites for SARS-CoV-2 in your city to actually determine when you're going to have an outbreak in your town. They're increasing those 400 sites from 400 right now. They're increasing it to 647. So for two years, two years and four months, we've had 400. They're now increasing it to 647. 
So if you want to know where the CDC is contracting companies to go do something with your water, uh, just go to cdc.gov data tracker wastewater surveillance tab. And you can see if they're messing with water in your town. Uh, I wouldn't trust them around. Uh, They actually expect the pandemic to continue. And Anthony Fauci also declared on the same night, March 2nd, 2022, that with the new variants that are coming from COVID-19, while everyone's focusing on a war in Russia and Ukraine, uh, what he said was, is for every new COVID-19 variant that is coming, we have systems in place now that pharmaceutical drug companies can make a new variant specific COVID-19 vaccine in less than 100 days and distribute it for every new variant that's coming. So they are not giving this up. And if anybody's paying attention to mass media right now, I was in an airport last week. There must have been 13 different shows on the nine hours I was waiting for mechanical failure issues with a plane. There must have been at least 13 different shows on CNN. All of them said the same thing. They all had some expert come on and talk about the surges of new COVID-19 variants coming out around the world and affecting America. This is not over. They are not done with their agenda. So my goal is to try and has been nonstop to, one, protect your life from entering into a hospital. Uh, trust early treatment and stay home. That was always the safer and more effective option than remdesivir and the sedation drugs in hospitals. And then it is now. You have the same things you've been using. They work. And now there's a few things people may, may want to consider to add to each future variant because nicotine is protective. And you can use patches or gum in the short interim that you have symptoms to help you get over them. And that's going to be true for every variant of COVID-19 because of the venom aspect of this uh, bioweapon. And then uh, melatonin hormone is another thing that's come to light. It was already being mentioned in a few small research studies with COVID-19. It's more apparent than ever that that is a protective hormone to inhibit the neurotoxic, cell toxic, and blood toxic effect of venoms. Whether or not they're aerosolized in the air or you're drinking them or you're eating them, it doesn't matter. Uh, They have a multi-system approach probably to how they're trying to poison us or envenomate us. But uh, you just need to know the human body, in my opinion, which is, I agree, I believe is God's greatest creation. The human body actually miraculously 99% plus people in the world survived the biological weapon for the last two years uh, without anything. Uh, But the early treatment aspects and those things that are safer and more effective, there are things you can do for those who are struggling. So yeah, let's uh, open up for some Q and A. I hope that answers some of that for you, but uh, yeah, it's great to hear. You absolutely did, and I just want to say I'm, I'm thankful that God has activated you to allow us to receive this this knowledge and information, and he made you go down some rabbit holes to share this information with us because it's very important. I am very familiar with uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett. Um, I followed him very strongly during the pandemic. Um and unfortunately, I had two people that I know that that was murdered. <laughs> um, one of them was my aunt, and uh, they both got redemptivir, which was terrible. And um, I hope this reaches a lot of people tonight for people to to hear this truth and understand. Because um, the whole redemptivir thing, people don't know. And, and I have a family friend. They were forcing them to get to give their father, you know, redemptivir. And um, at the time, you know, a lot of people didn't know the information was suppressed. So I just want to say, I thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on. 
I do want to ask a couple questions from a member that couldn't make it tonight, and then we can go on to the members that are on. Um, her first question is, what is your thoughts on crypto? What are my thoughts on crypto? Man, I have a hard time trusting anything that doesn't have any kind of backing to it. I've actually had a problem since we went from the gold standard, <laughs> like gold standard backed money printing. I've had a problem with that ever since. So uh, I do not, I personally have a hard time trusting that we can use a digital form of currency that can't just be totally stripped and rob you of everything you own. So I personally do not invest in crypto. I know some people that I do trust and love who dabble a little bit in it. But, uh, yeah, I have a hard time trusting a lot of things right now, unfortunately. I, I think that they could take easy advantage of everyone around the world. And just like with the Wall Street, with the stock market, you could have insider training that can bottom out your funds or destroy your retirement. But what's to say they couldn't do that with crypto? I, I think it's even easier to use crypto to do that, unfortunately. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. So I have a hard time and with that. Her second question what is the best water filter to use for drinking water and will it filter snake venom out? Yeah, it's a great question. So this has uh, come up many times, obviously. I have reverse osmosis systems on my home. I have no evidence that reverse osmosis filtering takes out snake venom. I have no idea if it does do that. I don't know. However, I do know this, that chlorine dioxide completely destroys snake venom in water. So if you get chlorine dioxide, and just put two drops in any tap water you're drinking, reverse osmosis or not, always reverse osmosis filtering is going to be better. There's already fluoride and chlorine in your water that is a known neurotoxin and cancer-causing chemical. So those two chemicals are toxic anyway. That's why I have reverse osmosis systems on my home and have for 20 years, is to just filter out those two poisons. Because uh, I don't want them in my body or in my shower or in my belly. Uh, so reverse osmosis filtering, I do not know if it works to do that. I do know chlorine dioxide absolutely denatures king cobra venom suspended in water. And if it can do that, it can handle yours too. And it's really eight ounces of water, two drops of chlorine dioxide. Super easy, super cheap. It's an easy way to handle it. Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I did stock up on some MMS. So that's that's great, great to hear. That's great. And there's a and great with show, actually. Mike Adams interviewed a guy. His name's Bob the Plumber. It was like two days after my... Uh, uh, watch the water dropped. Mike Adams had him come on the show because he was so excited to talk about research studies he had proving that chlorine dioxide denatures and destroys snake venom, including king cobra venom, in the water. So they went through an hour-long show together. You can watch that. I haven't even seen it, but I know I know this guy Bob, and I know Mike Adams very well. So you can go watch that. I already knew about the chlorine dioxide before he came out and talked about it, but uh, that's what I've used for the last seven years. Wow! Thank you for that. And now I will pass the baton over to Tina, and Tina will be taking the questions tonight. Hello, Tina. Hi. Thank you so much for being on tonight. We're just, oh, my gosh, I'm so appreciative. So, first of all, we have Tammy, and then Joby, you are next. Hi. um, I have a question. I wanted to take it back to what you were saying earlier about they had uh, people that tested the feces and found um, the snake venom. Was that scientists or doctors or like, how did that come about and how did they know to test for that? Yeah. So that's a great question. I'll actually show you the research study right here. And then if there's a chat somewhere in there, I can actually put it in there, uh, but I'll show you. 
It was actually done by researchers in Italy. This is the name of the study. You can actually look it up. Just type in the title. It'll pull up. You can see it here. It is toxin-like peptides in the plasma, which is the blood, urine, and feces samples from COVID-19 patients. The actual research study and all the samples were analyzed, and it was submitted for peer review and publication in June of 2020. It did not... It did not get peer review and approval and published until October, like six months ago, October 2021. So it took like a year and three months to get this published. But these are actually one, two, three, four, five, six different researchers and scientists. You can see their names there. And they did the study. And the reason why they did this, uh, April of 2020, there was French researchers who took the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2, analyzed its genetic sequence, and then put it into databases. And they want to know, is there anything else in nature that has this exact genetic sequence? And there was three things that popped up. The Chinese crepe venom, king cobra venom, and rabies virus were the three things. As a result of that April 2020 study, two months later is when these people in Italy took 20 COVID-19 patients who were sick, and PCR tested positive for COVID-19 from multiple cities around Italy. And then they took 10 people from other cities in Italy who tested negative for COVID-19, took their blood, urine, and feces, and actually analyzed it also for snake venom peptides. They did this because of the venom research in France. And this is the results that they found. The results were, reading right from the page here, results. Toxin-like peptides, almost identical to toxic components of venoms from animals, including conotoxins, which is marine snails, venoms from snakes called phospholipases, phosphodiesterases, zinc metal proteinases, these are all snake venom components, and bradykinins were identified in samples from COVID-19 patients and their blood, urine, and fecal matter, but not in a single control sample, which were the people who were negative. And then I'll show you, they published in the research study four pages of all the venoms. There's 36 total venoms. And I'll show you just a close-up what the first one was they identified. Can you read that? Malayan crate. That's an Asian crate snake. And as you keep going, you've got king cobras, coral snakes, spitting cobra snakes, you name it, all kinds of snakes. These are all snakes, brown snakes, you name it. And then as you get further and list, the first 20 are actually all snakes, different snake venoms, including more cobra venom. And then you get to the last 16 of the 36 venoms. You'll see it here. This is wild. This is the, the, the crown of thorns starfish venom they found. And then the rest of these are two pages of what are called conotoxins. And these are more lethal from a marine snail. And they're more lethal than king cobra venom to humans. So this was peer-reviewed and published. Scientists published this out of Italy. It got published October of 2021. The samples and all the research was completed and finished in June of 2020 and all of this supplied. Why did it take a year and three months to get this published? You tell me. I guarantee if this would have been published and allowed to be published uh, early on, everyone that was ever looking at the Chinese study, French study, and then this Italy study two months later, it would have been automatically drawn, drawing attention to the fact that venom is actually a part of the COVID-19 complex. Now, the question is, for me, the crazy part of this, I hope this is still answering the question, 
of the list here of 36 different venoms from snakes and marine shellfish. What's ironic to me, actually, out of the gate was there's not a single bat nothing inside this list. And they would have screened DNA databases for bat anything. Uh, There was no bat anything showing up in the COVID-19 patients. Uh, When I said in the Stu Peters thing, I said, I think they've lied to everything, even about the viral part of COVID-19. I actually was speaking about the fact that they said there's this coronavirus that just has a Chinese crate snake venom and a king cobra venom tied to it. Well, that can't be the case. They're finding 36 different venoms on there. So they're either lying about what they tied to the virus or they're simply putting these venomous peptides, these short sequences of their venom, inside of water and you're drinking it. We're putting it in ice, and you're drinking it. And that's absolutely what they can do with these venoms. They've been doing it since the 70s. So you're going to learn more about that in this documentary comes out. But I hope that was helpful. I've actually given this to a lot of researchers, researchers from MIT. I've given it to all kinds of people in the last four weeks. And I've told them all, you guys are going to have to come up with some logical reason why 36 different venoms from various creatures are showing up in COVID-19 patients and not in a single tissue sample from non-COVID patients. You know, it's amazing. All these people were challenging me in the first week of releasing all this information. Every single one of them said they would get back to me and explain what I'm missing or overlooking in this study. I haven't even heard from a single one of these people. All I've heard is confirmation that I'm right from a lot of other people. So uh, there's really no no way of getting around this information. There's venom showing up in COVID-19 patients, not in negative COVID-19 patients. And one of the amazing things is This is before the vaccines ever came out. So you can't blame it on vaccines. And if there would be even worse, if it was after being vaccinated, that would mean these venoms are in the vaccine. Uh, But that's not what that's not when this was produced. It was actually finalized six months before the shots ever came out. So my question is, is how are COVID-19 patients getting the venom uh, into their body, in their blood, urine and feces? Because these toxins, these toxic venoms, they all target the nervous system to suppress your ability to breathe which is what every COVID-19 patient deals with. They also shred organs in your body uh, to lead to disease and death over time. So great question. I hope that answered it. Sorry. hope that went too long-winded. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Joby, you're up. Hi, Dr. Artis. Um, Hi. I would like to know uh, what would be your daily protocol um, you know, um, go, you know, when you're out and about, about bottled water or, I mean, should we not drink it or? Um, yeah, great question. So I always, and it's, this is not a new thing, but I would suggest, <laughs> for example, if you want to know if they're spiking your water possibly, uh, and you want to know if they're doing it in your town, you should just look up the wastewater surveillance tab on cdc.gov's COVID data tracker site. It actually shows you every city they're doing this in. So if you're suspicious of that, you need to make sure you're drinking reverse osmosis filtered water in every bottle of water. Just turn around the label and it will say filtered by reverse osmosis. If it doesn't say that, I wouldn't drink it. That's that's my personal opinion. I would not drink it if it does not say reverse osmosis filtered. If it says purified spring water, I would drink it. That means it was not reverse osmosis filtered. You're going to have to see the abbreviation RO for reverse osmosis or the actual words reverse osmosis. And then as far as uh, chlorine dioxide, you can actually carry just little little bottles with you if you want to. 
even if you go to a restaurant, you don't have a bottle of water and you get water, just put two drops of chlorine dioxide in the water. It'll neutralize anything that's in there as far as venoms are concerned. And then uh, as far as your human body, you should be supplementing something every single day, period, from here on, every day for the rest of your life. And yes, it will work even against variants of COVID or venom. Uh, and that is vitamin C at 5,000 milligrams every day. Everybody needs to be doing that, period, all of you. There's actually an inverse correlation between the amount of vitamin C in your body and whether or not you will die from King Cobra venom. This is not a joke or a King Cobra's bite. And those studies I go through with Mike Adams. So everyone needs vitamin C, 5,000 milligrams minimum. I try to work up to 10,000 milligrams every day. Do that for life. Everyone needs to be on N-acetylcysteine at 500 milligrams a day, 500 mg's every day. And then everyone should be on selenium, S-E-L-E-N-I-U-M, at 200 micrograms. NAC and selenium together is what the liver uses to make glutathione, which is protective against the damage of viruses, bacteria, venoms. It protects every cell. But you can get your liver to make glutathione on its own. And I would take that every day. And then the other one is zinc. Now, zinc is, in my opinion, and my recommendation is 50 milligrams twice a day with food. And I believe everybody should be doing it. Zinc is the metal all venoms deplete from the body. And this is why we find such success with Dr. Ben Marble's recommendations, Dr. Zev Zelenko's recommendation of hydroxychloroquine and zinc and using what are called zinc ionophores, which force zinc into your cells. I would say... If you don't want to take a drug every day like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or take those consistently, just get quercetin. Quercetin is a supplement. Quercetin is what they made hydroxychloroquine from. So you can get the supplement of quercetin. I even carry my own version uh, with the Dr. Artist Show. But uh, quercetin with zinc will also do the same thing. And you can do that every day. Just do the dosage on the bottle. Everybody should be doing that. Thank you. Thank you very very much. You're welcome, Joby. Bonnie, you're now. Hi. Oh, thank you. Hi, Dr. Artis. I Hi, thought Bonnie. I heard you mention okay, the word melatonin toward the end of your presentation. Did I hear that right? You did. Yes. Okay. Melatonin what is inhibitory. Even, what's that? What did you say about melatonin? Melatonin by nature actually is inhibitory to snake venom. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, a lot of people around the world have figured out that that's probably the correlation to b- between why children are less affected by SARS-CoV-2. Now they're figuring this out, that this answers the question for a lot of people around the world, that why were children so little affected by this deadly pathogen as compared to adults? And after my venom stuff dropped, they actually all went online around the world and were looking up, is there a physiological difference between children and adults? And the number one thing that came up was their amount of melatonin hormone. And then these people around the world went online and looked up this melatonin inhibit snake venom poison. And to their shock, there was tons of research articles that melatonin does that. So a lot of people around the world, including medical doctors, have since written me saying they've been dealing with long haulers COVID symptoms for months. haven't been able to get their oxygen above 90 to 92. And when they introduced nicotine gum or patches and melatonin hormone together since my stuff dropped, I've had countless people write to me that uh, their breathing improved, their oxygen went up to normal to 96 to 100 within hours, and they could feel their diaphragm start contracting for the first time in months or even up to a year for some of these people. So uh, I recommend for those living with long haulers, COVID symptoms for sure. If you're an adult, you need to be taking melatonin. Um, 
children naturally have higher amounts of melatonin. They're, they need to sleep more than we do. And that's when their body lays down all these new growth factors as they're growing. So that could explain why it is they're so protected. Thank you. You're very welcome. Persistent Arian, you're next. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Artis. Hello, Persistent Arian. So excited to have you. Have you had any follow-up to remdesivir and what's in it? Has anyone been able to confirm what you've said? I've thought it all along, but. Yeah, yeah so uh, I'll just, I'll, I, I could speak on this. I'll, I'll be careful about what I say, but there's only one reason why, because people are watching and listening to everything I say. That's okay. But I actually reached out to Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Richard Bartlett to help me get remdesivir for the three months I was doing this research. I did not tell them why, but I found labs to analyze for snake venom. And we actually contacted Gilead. I had multiple doctors and pharmacists around the country trying to help me for two and a half months. None of them were able to acquire remdesivir. I even offered Gilead directly. I offered them 3,200 bucks, which is what the hospitals charge to use it. I said, I'll give you $3,200 for just one sample of remdesivir, one vial. And they've never responded to our 10 to 15 different requests. So I just want you to know, uh, I want everyone to know. Uh, I actually had doctors telling me to give me the vials of the vaccines, which they never did and said they could for months. And uh, so I decided to press the issue even without the evidence because there was enough anecdotal stuff for me for to just make the world know we got to press this issue. I now have remdesivir. Now, we actually had to send doctors out of the country in the last month to go get it and bring it back. And we were going to have it tested for cobra toxin and other snake venoms. And then we also have each of the vials of the three vaccines being used in the United States. And uh, they're actually being shipped today on dry ice to labs to have them tested to verify the venom aspects and my worries. And we will know very soon, which is going to be exciting. Thank you. You're very welcome. If yeah, anyone another has- world's showing up and trying to help me, which is great. <laughs> very exciting if anyone has a question please raise your hand in the meantime um i live in texas and six weeks ago i got so sick i couldn't taste i had a fever i was nauseous i couldn't even get out of bed hardly at all for two to three weeks it was one of the sickest i've ever been um it took me almost six weeks to get over it because i was so I had no energy and I couldn't even hardly function at all. I had no, I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate. It was awful. And then last week, my mm-hmm. husband, who has a big warehouse out at the Dallas airport, him and all of his crew, like uh, quite a few people that work there, got deathly ill, which he didn't get sick at the same time as me. And that, and the only other thing I can think of that I was taking that my husband wasn't taking it at, and I wish sometime they would have tested because so many people right now are on the horse ivermectin. And I'm just wondering if, uh, in my case, not my husband's, but in my case, I'm just wondering if they've added something to 
the ivermectin now since so many people are on it and it's sold out everywhere so i guess my question is you to you is what do you think's going on in any three of those scenarios uh, so let's run through the scenarios in order again okay so you got covid then your brother got covid everybody at his work got covid and then ivermectin you were doing or he was doing uh, that was my husband and um, I'm doing the ivermectin, but he is not. Gotcha. So uh, I don't know everything about your health history. Do you have any other health issues at no, all? No, I am totally healthy, very healthy. Good. That's very good. All right. So ivermectin, I can't really speak to the manufacturers of ivermectin, but yes, there's been worries, of course. The majority of ivermectin is made in India, actually. Uh, I've actually purchased from India directly, ivermectin for the last 10 years. <laughs> Me and my wife and kids all take it every month and have for 10 years just to prevent parasitic infections. Um, for three years, I ordered it directly from a company called All Day Chemist, which is a pharmaceutical company that allows you to buy medications from India without a prescription. So I was doing that 10 to seven years ago. Then I actually just started using seven years ago, just straight um, animal liquid version of ivermectin that you can use for cattle, wherever, sheep, it doesn't matter, goats. I would just go down to the local feed store and use that. And then I just subtract or extract what I want per weight to my kids, my wife and I. And we've been doing that for years and years and years. Uh, but as far as the makers of ivermectin, I'm not really sure if uh, they're changing the dosing there. Could it be? Sure, it could be. Uh, I would just make sure that... Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to speak on the manufacturing part of that, but I still trust ivermectin. I still have ivermectin. I personally don't need ivermectin to beat COVID. You can actually use wormwood to do it, and wormwood is an herbal extract or an herb or a plant. Uh, as a naturalist of sorts or a nutraceutical kind of person, if I was going to use anything, if I, me personally, if I was going to recommend anything, I wouldn't even recommend hydroxychloroquine. I would just recommend quercetin. And then for ivermectin, I actually was promoting wormwood for the last year and a half as an alternate. But if people want ivermectin, they can go get it. If they want hydroxychloroquine, they can go get it. I prefer things that are made, that are from nature. So wormwood can be an option. So can uh, hydroxychloroquine. And then, of course, you want zinc with those. And because uh, those are zinc ionophores also. And ivermectin and wormwood also bind nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. I will tell you, I don't know everything about your history. I know you're very healthy, which is great. Uh, but they actually are using venom peptides that are targeting people who either have genetic predisposition to diabetes or have diabetes or pre-diabetes or have congestive heart failure or history of heart failure or genetic predispositions to heart failure. Uh, they're targeting people with neurological conditions like autism, Asperger's, MS, Parkinson's. They're targeting you. And then they're also targeting chronic kidney failure patients, those on prescription drugs and on dialysis. Those are the people they're targeting. So if any of that Rest in your genetics. That could be why it is you were exposed, or there could have been you could have gotten a higher dosage than your husband did or other people did. Uh, that's obviously plausible and could be the case, but uh, that that would be what I would recommend. Would be some of the things I would consider. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Hope that answers that for you. <laughs> yes, very much. So. Hi, Doc. Good. Hi. Uh, Keeper, you're up. 
Hello, sir. I've been uh, even back and forth the last year a lot with uh, my son, Justin. This is William Frank. Um, yes, sir. Uh, thank you for the help you gave me. My son, Justin, was uh, in the Air Force. He got the injection. He wasn't feeling good. And my other boy in the Army in Georgia, he and you got with Doc Rudy in respect to the boy's uh, shot number, is it? Or batch number, Doctor uh, Jane Ruby. Yes, yes, and you were able to to help me a lot in, in these welcome. medicines that you've just communicated with, and, and they're they're doing great. Um, That's awesome. Great to hear. So, so thank you for that. And I got a question. Um, how, after the shot has been given, what can they test for in their bodies to see? if a venomous type activity is going on in there? Yeah, that's a great question. So number one, uh, there's actually what is called an ELISA, E-L-I-S-A-I-G test that ER doctors can use to actually test whether or not you have a venomous anything inside of you. That's what they use usually to diagnose whether or not you got bit by a snake even if you didn't know you did or not. And I've, I've actually been curious to find out if ER doctors will start using that with just COVID-19 patients because I think they should. Uh, but there's an ELISA IG test. But what I would be most concerned about and would want to have done is I would prefer you request what's called a D-dimer test. Uh, and D-dimers are an indication that there's massive amounts of blood clotting going on in the body, which is a side effect of some venoms. And I would do a D-dimer test to see if there is any micro blood clotting going on in multiple parts of the body. And then if there is, uh, they need to immediately get on high dose NAC. Uh, and vitamin C. And I would recommend if there's any symptoms remaining uh, post getting the mRNA shots, I'm convinced there's snake venom in there. Uh, I would absolutely use infusion centers. I would consult them. If anybody's living with symptoms, disease, paresthesia, neuralgia, neuritis, any anything after getting the shots that you did not have before, if you're having any symptoms, you should consider get, going to an infusion center and getting glutathione injected into your veins and vitamin C at the highest doses they allow. And I would do that intermittently for several weeks to months until all your symptoms resolve. Uh, in the third chapter of the Mike Adams, I actually talk about why glutathione vitamin C injections would be so beneficial to those after getting the shots. And if you haven't seen it, uh, Dr. Jane Ruby and I, and a lady named Dr. Zandre, a medical doctor out of South Africa, the week after the Watch the Water dropped, uh, we did a show with Dr. Jane Ruby and Dr. Zandre. Uh, she had enough evidence from the blood of her mRNA vaccinated patients uh, to actually recognize and be able to show the world that both the Pfizer shots appear to have snake venom in them and snake venom organoids in them, which actually are extracted from snake venom glands and just sit in the vial and make venom. You don't even need a snake to make venom. They already know how to do this in the lab without even having had the snake. So inside the Pfizer shots, I'm worried, even she is, that uh, snake venom organoids are in the vials being stored at cool, cool temperatures as they're being shipped. They're refrigerated for a reason. Uh, snake venom organoids would have to be in a cold substrate or temperature because they're in a cold-blooded creature. And as long as they're sitting in any refrigerated temperature or freezer temperature, they sit there and consistently create more and more venom in the shots. But if you haven't seen that episode yet, Dr. Jane Ruby and I, and Dr. Zandre, 
there's evidence that uh, the Pfizer shots behave exactly like snake venom or it has snake venom in it. So they're Excellent. absolutely need to do. I appreciate that. When do you think this will all come out, Doc? I mean, this is just asinine with, you know, that you have to hide, you have to protect yourself. And, and I even sent you an email saying, here's my address. You get your ass up here if you need some help, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I really uh, appreciate that. Thank you. You know, and I tell you, it's just I to – professors i talk doctors i've gone to the hospital and said i need to speak with the you know the head surgeon or the head and they come and they and they look at me as though i'm just trailer trash or you know how dare you even ask such a stupid question you know and it's almost like wow are they right you know i'm i don't feel that they're right i know in my heart I am right, but that's how they make you feel, and it's and of course you have family that don't believe me also, who are like Billy, will you stop? You know, with this stuff, I just want for you know, like when is this gonna end? You know, not to I told you so as much as you know to stop watching my family die. Yeah, I'll tell you when it's gonna stop for me is is when we prosecute the heads of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson. So. The goal is to prove what's in there may be in there. If we find out that there's any ingredients, either reference to snake venom, phosphodiesterase, any venom components that are inside these shots, if they exist, uh, they have never disclosed that to the public or to any federal health agency like the FDA, CDC, NIH. And if they haven't disclosed it and we determine it to be so, that it's in there. That destroys the emergency use authorization. It also destroys their immunity. And we can go full after them and sue them for everything they've got and then try to provide some compensation to people who have been injured with these shots. So that's actually what I'm going for. Uh, That's really my whole intent. So I've got lawyers right now I'm working with around the country who are working on making sure legally we're documenting the chain of custody for all the items that we are going to have tested because it has to be able to stand up in every aspect of court because... Uh, unlike some people, it appears in this movement who need COVID-19 to continue for their business sake. Uh, that is not my intention. My intention is to end this thing. So they have been manipulating, coercing, bullying and murdering people uh, and really orchestrating a human sacrifice globally. To me, this is an extremely evil, Luciferian, satanic, occult like uh, human sacrifice experiment. And now they're going after the children in June, six months to four years old. I have zero tolerance for that. So uh, I'm not like most scientists that want to talk about just the science and data from research studies. Nope. Uh, It's it's time to find out uh, how to hold the criminals accountable. You are a hero. I'm not saying it just to uh, please you when you're, you did everything you personally could to save your stepfather. I am so sorry for your, I'm so sorry. Thank you for what you did for him. And thank you for what you're doing us. God. Thank you very much. I want to tell you, it was really funny. I did a, uh, or really fun for me. We did a, a documentary film that's going to come out here in the next month or two. But uh, a documentary was filmed like 10 months ago, way before I ever came up with the snake venom stuff or got the text from Richard Bartlett. But uh, I was asked in a setting in Colorado Springs by a film crew. They were interviewing me, Dr. Eric Naputi, Dr. Christiana Northrup. Thomas Renz and an orthopedic surgeon named Dr. Rob Marsh. And we're all sitting around a fire (laughs) 
And the filmmaker goes, hey, can you all do me a favor? I want you all to answer the question, why it is you got into this movement? And Dr. Eric Naputi answers, I'm just staring at the fire. Thomas Renz, the attorney, answers. And they both say the same thing. They got in this and got involved because they could see that their their children's America freedoms and liberty, if they didn't try to stop this, that was going to be destroyed for their future generations of their children and their grandchildren. And they're just sitting here talking and talking and talking about their kids and trying to protect the freedoms and liberties they enjoyed for their children and grandchildren. And I was just sitting there shaking my head no like this the whole time looking at the fire. So Dr. Eric Naputi's like, well, why'd you get into it? And I didn't even look up and I said, uh, I'm doing this purely out of vengeance. And Christiana Northrup lost it laughing. She's sitting right next to me and starts patting me on the shoulder. She's like, I love this guy. Dr. Artis, it's okay. They call it righteous anger in the New Testament. And I looked at her and I said, well, I don't care what they call it. I just call it vengeance. You could call it righteous anger if you want to, but they murdered my father-in-law and uh, they, they seemingly got away with it. And I'm going to, I'm hell bent to make sure that the rest of the world does not get away with the same type of intent agenda and mass genocide. So my, my perspective is a little bit different. I, I think uh, people must not have been as angry as I was uh, and not as upset as I was and took death and murder as uh, serious as I did. Uh, so it really hasn't mattered. There's, if you guys have noticed, there's been some controversy and backlash on a small 5% of medical doctors and scientists around the world that have been a part of this COVID-19 movement. It doesn't even matter what they say. Any reason they say that they can't stand on the stage or be with me or I'm, I'm bad for their reputation, it doesn't matter. Whatever their excuse is, they're flat out telling you they're not in this to win it at all costs. And all of you watching this, Dr. Artis is. And I could care less what anybody else says. I'm going to go prove it. I'm going to hold them accountable as best I can until they take me out or I'm six feet under. Thank you for fighting so much. We, oh my gosh, we appreciate it so greatly. JW, you're up. Hi, Dr. Artis. Hi. I have, I'm going to do two questions because one's probably going to be really quick. Um, One, has the COVID-19 virus ever been isolated? No, never. never. It was actually just a computer model. Never been isolated ever. I knew there'd be a quick answer, so I'm going to sneak in my second one. Um, regarding like the test, you know, the PCR test, and they have this new test out. What are the safety measures on that? I don't. I mean, I've heard bad things, but I would like your input on that. Yeah, I read today that the FDA was recalling a antigen test for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. Now, uh, I just want you to know, I read that and I was like, oh, you're not running now. Uh, I just want you to know that one thing that's come up as a result of the information surrounding venom aspect of COVID-19. Uh, remember this Italy study, they PCR tested positive for COVID-19. And I want you to know, for two and a half years, I've heard scientists and medical doctors say, and the inventor of the PCR test say, that this testing does not diagnose respiratory viruses of any kind, and it has never diagnosed viruses. But the whole world medically has been forced to use a test to look for a virus that has never been used, this test, to identify a virus. And it was never even invented to do so, per Carrie Mullis, who created it and won a Nobel Prize for creating the technology. Imagine my shock to find out in the last four months 
that in all snake venom research for the last 20 years, I can find PCR tests or what they use to do snake venom research and identify snake venom inside of their research and inside of plasma, blood, urine, feces of animals. Uh, So we've talked about for two and a half years now that PCR tests are not accurate. They give a lot of false positives with viruses. Uh, I'm actually convinced it might actually be as accurate as they said. They just didn't tell you what they were actually looking for. Uh, PCR tests have been used since 1984 samples of snake venom mRNA and and genetics. They've been using that since uh, for decades in snake venom research. And now two snake venoms show up as the spike protein on SARS-CoV-2. It's showing up with 20 snake venoms inside of Italy's urine, blood, feces samples. Uh, It actually might be more accurate than we actually gave it credit for. But PCR tests were used for snake venom research. I go through that in Mike Adams' interview, and it's in the Chapter 3 version. I go through all those documents. Oh, also, the antigen test, uh, which uh, they can use urine, saliva for, blood to look for SARS-CoV-2. The first ever antigen test for COVID-19, the FDA gave an emergency use authorization to Roche, R-O-C-H-E is the company, I go through this with Mike Adams also. They got the emergency use authorization in January of 2020 to have the first antigen test that you could either pee on, poop on, sweat on, cough on uh, to identify SARS-CoV-2 positive Americans. The trademarked named test provided by Roche is actually called COBRA's 6800-8800 antigen test. (laughs) It's spelled C-O-B-A-S is the trademark name. And you can go back in its in its trademark uh, applications. They've been using that same antigen test since the late 70s called COBAS, C-O-B-A-S, to actually identify snake venom in people and in studies. Uh, they are using technology to isolate and define venoms. And PCR tests and these antigen tests being used for SARS-CoV-2 are no different. So when people ask me, should I do a PCR test? I always go like this. Don't ever, 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 ever agree to do an invasive test of any kind for SARS-CoV-2. If your university tells you you have to do a weekly test for COVID-19 or your job tells you you got to do a weekly test for COVID-19, you tell them you will comply. I've said this for like a year now. Tell them you will comply with their demands as long as you provide the tissue sample. And then they can go test it. So it's either your spit or your urine, or bring them a Ziploc bag of your poop because they can find SARS-CoV-2 in your poop now, urine, and saliva. So you tell them, I will I will comply and I will allow you to test me for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 or venom, whatever you want to call it, and uh, tell them you'll provide. I, I, would, I, always, I always tell audiences I would provide a stool sample and make them go look for it. That's what I would do. And if you think I'm joking, that's exactly what I would do. I'd hand them a Ziploc bag of your poop and go go find it. <laughs> I comply. I don't trust anything that they're sticking in your body as far as a Q-tip, down your throat, down your nose. No, I would not trust that. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> no more 27. You're up. Uh, yes, Dr. Artis. I'm curious, um, after watching uh, your three-part series uh, with Mike Adams, there was there was a graph that you showed about how the uh, the COVID is most similar to 
um, the, uh, the, the snake, uh, like the cobras, and I forget the, the other kind of snake that you said, it was more similar to that than even bats. And I'm curious if there's a, a percentage value as to how close, like, uh, it, re- it, it is to the snakes versus the bats. Yeah, that very, great question. So the January 2020 study done in China, uh, they actually tell you that it's a squared Euclidean distance is the actual term geneticists use to identify just how similar to the origin of a species is this genetic sequence from whatever. That squared Euclidean distance, uh, they state, for the Chinese crate snake is the most similar to the origin based on all the genes they ran for all animals they had actual uh, access to in their DNA bases, uh, databases. So Chinese crate was 13.69, I believe, was the Euclidean distance. And if you want to learn about the Euclidean distance, this will tell you just how far apart they are. The Euclidean distance was most like the banded crate snake, the Chinese crate snake. The second most likely source was the king cobra at 16.69 or something was the Euclidean distance. And then uh, bats were over that. Uh, you'll see it on that chart. It gives you the numbers. But if you look at, just look up what Euclidean distance means or squared Euclidean distance. Mike Adams knew what it was. I didn't even know what it was. But uh, go look that up and it will tell you just how far away the bat was from the origin source. If you want to know the truth, I actually am convinced that if they just would have ran the sequences for the spike protein and SARS-CoV-2 in China in January of 2020, they actually found the Chinese crate snake was the most similar to the origin source at 13 point, whatever, 13.39 or 13.36 was their squared Euclidean dif- distance, which is a genetics term. I'm convinced that if they would have ran the sequence against conotoxins for venomous snails from the ocean, it would have been a 100% match. I'm convinced. That number um, that you said, is that that's abnormal, I would assume? What's abnormal? What number? Like the, like it's uh, the, um, uh, the figures that you just gave for the crate snake, is yes. that like an ab, is that abnormal for it to be that close? Yes, it was eerily too close. I just I think, think it could have gotten closer and it could have been at like 11 or a 10 or 8. And I think the closer they would have gotten, if they would have ran it against conotoxins, which they may have, I don't know what the, what else they ran it against. They had a list of like eight different animals that came back with the sequences close to it. But anything beyond the Chinese crate and King Cobra was farther and farther away from the origin source. I'm convinced it's conotoxins, though. I'd almost bank on it that that's what it is. It behaves exactly like king cobra venom and Chinese crate venom. <laughs> it does, identical. And they've been mass producing it in factories since 1989. You don't need the snails. You can synthetically make all these venoms. And make it clear, I never thought they were ever milking snakes and pouring it in your water. They don't have to do that. They already know how to make all these synthetically. They don't need even a snake to do it. Gotcha. Thank you. You're very welcome. Wow. Okay, Marshall, you're next, and then Stacy. Marshall, I'm sorry, you're I'm, up. yes, I'm sorry about that. 
Hello, Dr. Artis. Good evening. How are you? Great, Marshall. How are you? I'm doing well. Just wanted to ask, um, when Dr. Stella Emanuel was on the last time, and I heard her say on previous shows that, you know, that she's recently done, that um, upon your, your findings of the snake venom, uh, she had called you and, you know, you both said, you know, she had stated that this is exactly what she was saying from Jump Street. So what my question to you is, uh, when is the show that you two are slated to do together going to be recorded? Because that is what I have been waiting for. And um, and also, I believe you you should remember me. I'm also Dr. Mary Crowley's admin also. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yes. Awesome. So, right. So when can we expect the release of this show? Because I'm waiting for it. Um, yeah. So soon. Yeah. Because I want to see it. Go ahead. All right, so stay right there. I'm going to look it up. Stay there. You just did. Uh, so Stella and I text all the time. She has been super supportive. Let's see what this is. We had one scheduled on the 26th. So my producer has actually already scheduled it. I just don't see it on my calendar yet. But it should be in the next week or two. And we'll make sure you're aware. But uh, Stella Emanuel has been super supportive. She's actually been, every time I read anything in relationship to the serpent being inserted into our DNA, when I started talking about that, every time I read about it, I'm like, oh my God, this is Stella Emanuel to a T. She was right the whole time. She's a phenomenal human being. She always says, we need to repent those who got the shots and cast the demon out of us. Yeah, well, they're injecting serpent DNA into you. You might as well start praying for forgiveness now. <laughs> and then doing stuff to handle it. Thank but you, Doctor. Doctor Emanuel's phenomenal. Yes, we're, we'll do that soon. I, I don't see it on my email list right now, but I already know she's been in contact with my producer to get that scheduled. It was supposed to happen last week, actually, uh, but she said she had some kind of demonic attack that actually took away her voice, and she couldn't talk for a whole week, so she asked to move it. It was scheduled for April twenty sixth. Actually, she had to cancel it, so it'll come up here in the next week or two. She's better now. Thank you. Um, it looks like Stacy dropped off. So does anyone else have a question before we close out? Jim, Actually, you know? in, in fact, if Stella Emanuel is in South Carolina Friday, her and I will do an interview together and then we'll bless them just for fun. Actually, Stacy's still on the chat. Yeah, I'm here. I don't know if anyone can hear me. Hi. Okay, Stacy, you're next. And then Jimmy Morris, <laughs> you'll be after her. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so hi, Dr. Artis. Um, I have uh, spoken out on a few um, interviews. My husband was uh, killed in a hospital, uh, put on remdesivir against our wishes, vented with a 98% pulse ox. Um, and I have spoken out in a few documentaries over my case in Michigan. And my husband is right now, they're doing an autopsy as we speak right now. They're, they're going over the... Uh, toxicology report uh right now and i didn't know if you could suggest anything that they should be looking for specifically that could help a case um against this hospital he did go through a cytokine storm really late in the game uh he was in the hospital about week five or six at that point 
when he started to go through a cytokine storm. And that was even, you know, weeks after him being sick at home. Um, so I'm just wondering if they could have done something to uh, at the hospital to have caused that. Uh, should I be concerned that maybe they tried to vaccinate him uh, or, you know, give him another injection of some sort that could have caused it and what they should be looking for in a toxicology that could help a case? Yeah, great question. I'm very sorry. Uh, but kudos to doing the autopsy. For sure, everybody should be doing that and demanding it regardless uh, for anybody dying in hospitals. So I would make sure you go through your probably thousands of pages of medical records, and I would make sure that the sedation drugs they used on your uh, husband, if they had him on a vent at any point, make sure that either midazolam, morphine, fentanyl, lorazepam, or Presidex weren't at illegal levels, and they will have that documented on there. But I already have documents I've seen where they've actually increased the dose of each of those every day so they could end the life of the person by day nine. Uh, those well, drugs in combination, those drugs in combination, actually restrict your ability to breathe, paralyze your diaphragm, and your heart from beating. That's how they euthanize people. And then, as far as this Italy study I just referenced, uh, if you haven't seen that yet, and I don't know how to post it inside of here, maybe there's a way of posting it in a chat or something. I don't know. But uh, this actual study, you should just screenshot your screen right now, and then type in the title in any search engine. And you should print the four pages of the table that have the 36 venom toxins in it. And I would have the toxicology lab run his blood work or urine samples, if he has any, or stool samples. I would run it against every single one of those 36 venoms. And if any of them populate, you know it was either in remdesivir, it's in Presidex, the drugs, or it was in a vaccine. And there should be in the medical records anything reported that they gave him the vaccine it should be there uh, in, in any of those documentations if they didn't it won't be on there but if they did it will be there's no way they didn't put that on there and if they did uh that would be really wild i've never seen that but maybe and have we uh any any closer to moving forward to holding these hospitals and doctors accountable uh for what they've done i've tried to get a hold of tom uh, uh attorney wrens um yeah. but have been non-successful yet yeah, that's okay. He's super busy. There's actually an attorney named Michael Hamilton that works with Thomas Renz. I am signed on as an expert witness now to several cases that are going to court for wrongful death suits surrounding remdesivir. Now, these are brand new things in the last two weeks where I'm signing on as an expert witness and providing documentation. Uh, but yes, Michael Hamilton is working on that. Uh, if you want to reach out to somebody, it should be him. You want his email? I'll tell you what it is. Sure. <laughs> and then you should contact him directly. Tell him you want to be a part of a suit. Okay. And Dr. Artis, um, you know Scott Shera here in Wisconsin where his daughter was basically murdered. Um, yes. I know you had like a recording plan. Stacy actually was a speaker there at that event, speaking no, about her husband. Yes. Yeah. And I've worked great. with uh I've been in a documentary coming up with uh, Mickey Willis um, and April Moss um, working to expose uh, the hospital protocols as well. Oh, good. I'm trying to find Michael Hamilton's info here for you. Yeah, I like Shera. He's a great guy. I like Scott, Shera, and their family. It's unfortunate what happened there. I don't like it. 
Yeah. yeah, that was pretty terrible. Yeah, super terrible. But that's what they're doing to people. It's awful. Okay, you ready? Here's a phone number I'm going to give you from Michael Hamilton. Sure. It's 859-655-5455. Okay. He's also okay. worked with uh, AFLDS early on to file lawsuits and stuff. He's really good. Oh, okay, thank you. I'll definitely check that out. I Tell him I gave you number. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And then once we get remdesivir and we test it for snake venom, I can't wait because it's going to come back positive. Then we're going to sue the crap out of everybody. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. Yes, very exciting. I can't wait for that either. Jimmy Morris, you're up. Hey, thank you for all you're doing. Um, you're very well. My wife and I had COVID back in March of 2020. She went to a local hospital to start with and they diagnosed her with it, and she did pretty good the first two weeks. And then the la- the Saturday of that week, they gave her something that night about 6 o'clock. Sunday at about 5.30, they called me and told her she was put on a ventilator. And I got a lawyer, and my son and my daughter and her sister went up there, and they had an advocate with the hospital, and thank God I got her out of there, and they – I flighted her to UNC in uh, Chapel Hill. As soon as they got her there, uh, Dr. Harden put her on a ECMO machine. She stayed on that for six days. She was on a ventilator for 17. Does that ECMO machine take a lot of that, the toxins and stuff out of your blood when you do it? Yep, that actually has the ability to draw out toxins and poisons. Yes, that can be beneficial, the ECMO machine. Yeah. Great. I- he was on that for six days, and I th- we thought we had lost it like four times. It scared the crap out of all of us. We are. Uh, when she said when they got it, she heard you say Larissa Pam a minute ago. She said when they uh, released her from UNC that they had her on that, but she's no longer on it. Would that have went against her with them putting it, putting her on? Any of those five sedation drugs are what they use to put you on an ECMO machine or a ventilator. In order to get the tube down you, they try to sedate you so you can't fight them or resist. Yeah, she had four tubes down at one time. On it, it actually messed up one of her vocal cords. She's having to go to a doctor now. And they uh, filled the vocal cord up with something that uh, fills it up to swell it up. And it lasts for like three months. And now she's got to make a decision on what she wants to do with permanent or not. And she went to a cardiologist yesterday, and they got to do an echo next Tuesday to see whether it messed up her heart or anything or not on it. But we do the quercetin uh, and the zinc and the vitamin C and all of that. We do that on a daily basis. I told her to keep doing it. And I wrote down a couple of th- other things that you said. I'm going to give her some of that, and both of us are going to start taking that too. After she goes through her cardiology exam or gets done with the cardiologist, before they recommend drugs, I would recommend you go to uh, graithcare.com, G-R-A-I-T-H. It's the combination of two names of two daughters named Grace and Faith. It's called graith, G-R-A-I-T-H, care.com. 
uh, and they have advocates there, nurse advocates that help you help coach you, uh, including myself. Now I give advice through this platform to patients specifically, but they have people there that can help you coach you through how to improve or cardiovascular wise, tonsil wise, larynx wise, uh, tonsils wise uh, to help improve uh, any aspect of your life. I personally trust the natural part of everything versus any drugs they're going to try to put you on. Right. They, uh, she's been going to therapy. Today was the last day with that. When she was trying to build up her strength and stamina and stuff. And she talked to uh, Tyler, the guy, one of the guys that was helping with it. And he said the doctor she's going to was a great doctor. But I will definitely call them. The, yeah, please do. Uh, is it a dot com on it or? It is dot com. You can also find the link to them on my show site, the doctorartistshow.com. It's there too. Okay. Under the, under the contact button. All right. And again, thank you for all you're doing. And I hope that's a special place in hell for all these bastards that did this to us. We've had a lot of friends that did pass away. We had a close friend at work. They all, her doctor went to the same hospital like her and my wife too, this local. And she lasted about nine days, which is what you're talking about, and she passed away. So we, we yeah, tried to tell her to get out of it. Yes, they have. I just hope it's a special place in hell for them, man. And I thank you for what you're doing. And I hope that the ones that have had COVID and taken that shot, I hope that's the way they get compensated or the families get compensated for the ones that did pass. Yeah, let's bankrupt those companies. I'm I'm with you 100%. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Dr. Artis, are you good for two more questions? I am. Two will be fine, and I'm going to go have some dinner. Okay. And Jay, you're up, then no more 27, then that'll be our last two questions for the evening. Could, could you squeeze in a third, too, possibly? Sure. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for all your wonderful hard work. Uh, your blessing, artists. Thank you. Because Thank you. Uh, the natural pass, well, we've been hunted. Uh, you guys, the, the chiropractor, at least you got some faith in, in the uh, medical and we're able eventually even to get into the insurance. So, but um, I just pray for better days and this chance for a movement to really show what health is. I agree. Oh, and yeah. just so you know, insurance is a racket and it does not help people with health care. And in fact, my practices Opposite. since 2004, I actually didn't carry insurance. Mine were all cash Aww. practices. Well, I, I was in a car accident, so I sort of appreciated that they did carry the insurance yeah, side, so true. I got yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. All the way down to acupuncture. It was amazing. Now that's a now now when we're talking about healthcare, when we're talking about recovery and rehab, yeah, it's beneficial. I'm talking about healthcare. Uh, oh, no, that's not healthcare. Not, healthcare no, insurance is not, not beneficial to health. No. That's an oxymoron, yes. Yeah. Uh my question is uh, regarding a detox for uh these uh, pathogens that possibly uh being uh venom, would so we're looking at possibly betonite betonite clay or or activated charcoal? Yeah, I actually prefer bentonite clay over activated so charcoal. I. And I love activated charcoal, but bentonite, bentonite clay has this ability to actually cover uh, 
endothelial lining of the cells of your body and tissues of your body to protect against the shredding aspect of venoms in the body. So I love the bentonite clay binding and the chelating, which is drawing out the poison and the venom and then the protective nature of bentonite clay, even over the activated charcoal, which is great at absorbing toxins and metals and pulling those out of the body. And I've used it for years, but bentonite clay, particularly with snake venom, I, I even love more. Can it be, can there be a bit of uh, baking soda in it? Sure. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Um, okay. Cause I have a real humor for you. Bless you. And I want to give you a laugh. Kitty litter is a hundred percent bentonite clay with bicarbonate soda. Bless you, sir. Yep. Let's so, have some uh, kitty litter. It's a little bit more crunchy than bentonite <laughs> clay powder. If you're, you're going to try to chew that up and eat it like uh, pop rocks or something. I, I don't no, recommend that. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, lots of water. Lots and lots and lots of water. And Absolutely. Thank you so much for all you do. Bless Very you. Very welcome. Keep healthy and happy. Thank you. I will. I'll try it. You too. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. No more 27. Quick question. And then for the win, you're the last one. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Artis, I'm um, curious about, I, I am one, one of those preppers where I think about emergency medicine and things like that. And you mentioned about nicotine um, in um, your three-part series with Mike Adams. And obviously, uh, it seems like the gum and the patches, there's probably a lot of not so good things in in both of those options. And I'm curious what what option to get like emergency nicotine kind of medicine would you not recommend but as like an emergency kind of thing have on hand there was not smoking (laughs) definitely not smoking yeah i mean there was one there was one thing that I thought of about how if you were to grow like tobacco and then throw it in the ultrasonic cleaner and make like a tincture out of it. But what awesome. what are your thoughts on like trying to obtain like an emergency kind of medicine nicotine wise? Because if they release something else in the future, I would assume, you know, maybe it would be similar to like a snake venom. Type no, it thing. will be. You can count on it. Uh, so good question. Yeah. So I want you to know that there's a company actually that makes in uh it looks like those. I, I never, I never dipped tobacco, but they have those little cartridges. I think there's a company called Rogue R U G U E. They actually make little nicotine packets only. They're little white packets inside the canister. Uh, it was interesting when I went and visited with Stu Peters. He had them on the counter, and I opened it in his kitchen, and I was like, "What is this?" And he goes, "Oh, nicotine, uh, nicotine pouches." Uh, he said he used to be a smoker, and he gave that up years ago. And what was interesting is he got sick with Delta. His whole family did during the Delta period. And I said, how long have you been using these nicotine pouches? Because he didn't know anything about it when I first got there, about my nicotine and venom stuff. And he goes, I've only been using it like three months. And I said, he goes, and all my neighbors are getting sick around me. I haven't gotten anything. And my wife and kids got another version of COVID, but I didn't. And I said, that's amazing. I didn't know these nicotine pouches existed. Uh, anyway, I think they have combinations of nicotine pouches. They're little white pouches you just suck on. You can get those. Uh, they also have nicotine and caffeine combined pouches, I believe. You can try those. But uh, as far as the gums, as far as the patches, 
I'm not recommending people use nicotine products forever. Uh, I'm just, if you start to have symptoms, that's when you want to use it. And I would use it, me personally, I haven't had to recommend nicotine for over three days. I have had people who actually used it for eight days report to me that their hearing loss from COVID actually disappeared on the eighth, ninth day of using nicotine as a part of their protocols since this all came out. So there can be benefit. I was on a call with Dr. Ryan Cole, and uh, I didn't know this, but he's been using nicotine gum, two milligram tablet versions. He's been using it for years, every day. And he, he says there's protective mechanisms of nicotine against ulcerative colitis, which I have no idea if he deals with that. But he said there's protective benefits of nicotine there and with mental issues like dementia, Alzheimer's, MS, Parkinson's. And uh, that's why he uses it every day. And uh, I was like, I have no idea that you could do that. I don't recommend using it every day. I would use it short term, have it on hand, whatever the source is, and use it for the two to three day period to get you over your symptoms. If you're struggling with any symptoms and want to see if a week or two weeks worth of using nicotine will help you with your long haulers COVID, use it and then come off of it. It's my recommendation. All right. I think we can get to for the win now, huh, Tina? Yep. For, for the, the win. Thank you. Last question. Hey, Dr. Artis, thanks for coming on here. I'm really excited that you're here because I'm the water guy on the channel. here. So with what you found just completely spoke to me because I had a, an interesting last February with waking up and everything. I met an angel on top of a mountain, but the night before I met a demon at Applebee's. And part of this, I'm not going to bore you with the details of everything, but the guy said last February, it's in the water. And I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean it's in the water? He said COVID was in the water, Dr. Artis. So my first thought is, okay, well, I have this awesome water system. I have a cubic foot catalytic carbon um, pre-filter and then the softener. And then I have a reverse osmosis that I'm drinking out of here. I'm unvaccinated. I got sick in the first week of February this year. So it was right at that tail end of the Delta and then they changed it into Omicron but I had all the symptoms of the Delta stuff for about a month. Um, so with having the awesome water system and everything, I got sick, I'm unvaccinated. But the one thing that I was drinking as well was Powerade, specifically blue Powerade beforehand. It's a Coca-Cola product. They're based out of Atlanta. Everything I've researched about Atlanta, the people there, it stinks, man. So I'm thinking on like, you know, you're finding it in the wastewater, the end of the source. I'm thinking the beginning of the source. And I think it's a lot easier to do it from a bottling standpoint and just do it in random batches. And you would never be able to be suspect of anything because if it's just laced in randomized batches, how would you ever get caught? So what I would do is I would also get some of the regular products like that that we consume and check that for these snake venoms as well. Oh, yeah, I think it's phenomenal. In fact, I don't know if uh, you know this, but it's really been odd to me that airplanes over a year period banned all alcohol sales on the flights. And I used to tell my wife, I was like, you know, what's weird about that. You know, it's money they make off of selling alcohol on planes. Why would they take that away? I mean, everyone else in the 
in the world's buying alcohol at alcohol stores trying to deal with their misery. Why aren't they selling it on airplanes? And I've been suspicious that uh, it actually is suspended in alcoholic drinks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I also am very suspicious that they're putting it in the ice water, ice, putting it on the planes. And in order to control what look like outbreaks and transmission from countries, bringing it to America, you know, easy would be to put this in ice, serve it to you on a plane, and then ask you later, three days later, when you get sick, where did you just come from? I just came from China. Oh, really? You just brought this from China. Where did you come from? Italy. Oh, you brought it from Italy. And then you can start pointing fingers at other countries spreading the pandemic from the beginning. And then you take the ice and the drinks away, the alcoholic drinks away. And then you curbed those outbreaks and the looks like outbreaks from transmission of travel. Uh, I've been very suspicious of that, by the way. And if you guys have not seen it, it was in the uh, Stu Peters Watch the Water documentary. I referenced that there was a show on in 2016 called Blacklist on NBC. Season four, episode 15. It's actually titled The Apothecary. The entire corona pandemic is outlined in that show. Just watch it. They even say corona of death. The guy gets a respiratory illness from being poisoned. They actually state, the FBI does, that they have figured out that he was poisoned, the main character, in his drink, which was scotch he drank. They actually said uh, that they were identifying or were able to identify, the FBI did, that they used a peptide from the venom of a red-headed crepe snake, and they put it in his drink, and he drank it. Yes, I'm convinced they could put it in anything and you can drink it. The bat lady from Wuhan, who was in Washington, D.C. and in New York at the beginning of COVID, uh, she escaped Wuhan, supposedly, and was traveling and teaching about gain-of-function testing they did in Wuhan. Her security detail was in my house when I was interviewing special ops for my home. Uh, The second guy I interviewed was a part of her security detail. When he asked me why I needed security, I said, uh, it's because I'm about to reveal some stuff surrounding COVID. Uh, that's going to be very threatening to pharmaceutical industries, federal health agencies, governments, and they're going to come after me. And he goes, well, what are you talking about? And I said, the venom aspect of COVID-19, I believe they're weaponizing snake venom. And he goes, how would they do that? How would they spread that? And I said, I think they're doing it through the water. I think we're just drinking it. And he goes, that's so weird that you said that. Two years ago, I was assigned as the security detail for the bat lady. Do you know who that is? And I said, yes, I do, from Wuhan. He said, yes, when I sat in congressional meetings in Washington, D.C. with her right next to her. Our congressional members asked her, if you guys are doing gain-of-function testing to actually do testing to prevent pandemics, do you ever test out your gain-of-function pathogen on communities and then experiment whether or not your vaccines work against the pathogen? Like, do little mini-experiments as a pandemic? And she goes, yeah, we do it all the time. They said, how do you do it? And they said, she goes, oh, it's easy. We select a community around the Wuhan lab that we decide to target with our new gain-of-function pathogen. And we put it in water, and we freeze it. And then we cut it up into ice cubes. And then we deliver it to that town. And the people drink it. And then we go in there with our vaccines later after all they get sick, and we go see if we can control the outbreak or the spread. And I'm like, he said, this is only the second time I've ever heard the water aspect Uh, She said it was easily done through ICE. That's how they delivered and tested their pandemic-creating gain-of-function testing. I absolutely am convinced. If you watch Blacklist and there's what they call predictive programming and the CIA works with Hollywood to tell you what they're up to, 
they told you in 2016 exactly, exactly what the Chinese and French researchers found, that the crate snake venom was the most similar to the origin source of the spike protein that led to a pandemic they called Corona. The main character in that play or in that show actually says, I've been, he takes these two corticosteroid pills and he goes, looking at the camera and he goes, I've been trying to avoid this my whole life. Corona of death. And then he takes corticosteroids, passes out. Uh, it's just a ridiculous thing. Only to find out it was crepe venom put in his drink. It gets even more nefarious, by the way. If you haven't ever watched that episode, go watch it. Season four, episode 15. I only saw it like a month and a half ago. And I was like, holy crap, I was right. They actually knew the whole time that uh, they, all they had to do was get people to drink it and how to suspend it. Yeah, yep, it, it could be in blue Powerade or any Powerade for that many. I saw that episode of Blacklist. You're absolutely right on that. But yeah, to me, your, your discovery here with all this, hearing it from that demon character last February, it's in the water. You're, you're absolutely right. I have full faith in that. So do I. And wait till this next documentary. You're going to freak out when it comes out next week. It's going to be phenomenal. You guys are going to love it because it's going to answer a lot of questions about just how, how often... <laughs> And how long have they been weaponizing venoms and calling them diseases, respiratory viruses? Uh, these are all declassified CIA projects. And we were experimenting on our own people, by the way. Pretty disturbing. Wow. Well, that sums up a, a very great speaking. And like I said, I'm very honored that you joined us tonight and gave so much information and knowledge. It's very important. And God has activated me like he's activated you and many others. And the most important thing is, is people receiving information. And one question that I do have for you, Dr. Artis, uh, that documentary that's going to be coming out next week, how could we find that? Because I would love to stream that on here for all the members. Yeah, absolutely. So Jonathan Otto is the filmmaker. Jonathan, the last part of Jonathan has an A in it. Jonathan Otto, O-T-T-O. He is a documentary filmmaker. I mean, it's what he's done for years. Jonathan Otto has his own platform. I'm sure you can sign up for a newsletter there. But when this launches, it's going to go out. We are going to actually put a link to and send it out on our Telegram, my Dr. Artist Show Telegram. We're going to send it to everyone that's on my email list. If you just go to thedrartistshow.com and just enter your email, you get signed up. And we send like once a week, most of the time, once a week an email, letting you know about an interview I've done, someone I've interviewed. Uh, just so you know, this morning, if today is Wednesday, these days kind of fly by. If today is Wednesday, this morning went live on Brideon.tv. I interviewed a, an investigative journalist who wrote a book starting in 2004. Uh, she was able to uncover that underneath all cities in America, uh, they actually have a second waterline system that is perfectly set up to create future pandemics. That's what she's been writing about for the last 15 years. And when she saw my Watch the Water documentary, she was like, oh, my God, this is what I've been researching for the last 15 years. She's got blueprints from underneath Los Angeles, Spokane, Washington, under Washington, D.C. Uh, governments around the world have been building out an infrastructure. You have your main water line and there are secondary parallel lines that are empty but have check valves to actually drive water, toxins or pathogens to a single house in a neighborhood, to a single apartment in a building, a single condo in a complex, it's already set up and they can do it remotely. She's got all the proof to document it. So she said, even regardless of whether or not there is venom in the water, she goes, I don't know anything about venom being put in water. 
even though I got to teach her a little bit uh, in our interview. But uh, she said uh, they absolutely have been setting up for decades. They have been setting up a secondary water line delivery system that is going to allow them to create pandemics to poison our citizens in this country. And other governments have already done it also. She has testified before the U.S. government. She's testified before the government in Geneva, Switzerland, all about uh, bringing to light this this undisclosed uh, secondary waterline system with remote control RIFD uh, satellite controlled uh, valve systems that allow them to deliver any pathogen or toxin and create a pandemic from underneath your feet and into your house. So she said, uh, regardless, if it's this pandemic, all other future pandemics, you've brought the world's attention to something I've been trying to get governments to admit to, even though she has all the blueprints and all the documents and uh, has declassified that stuff. She was super thrilled that the information I brought to light uh, could save millions of lives in the future also, because they're going to try it again, obviously. Wow, that's powerful. I'll definitely have uh, my assistant uh, reach out to your assistant so we can make sure that we get that uh, documentary and stream that for all the members. Hopefully to bring you back on again um, in the near future. And I, I appreciate the time that you've given us tonight. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. And God bless all of you. God bless you as well. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. You guys all have a great evening. Stay safe. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Artist.